When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kyrie, Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Joining me as he always does, it is the wonderful Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. What's going on, Jackson? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, no, I'm, no, okay, no. I'm okay, man. But, you know, you get it. I'm sure. I, I get you. Yeah. Shouldn't have even asked. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, and look, of course, from across the Tasman over there in New Zealand, it is Joe, aka Nose Crows McFly. Joe, how's it going, man? Mate, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, it's um, I'm actually just kind of googling um, the stages of grief because I feel like I, <laughs> we've talked about it before, but I feel like I need a, another brush up on it. Do you feel like you're in acceptance yet? <laughs> I'm starting to feel that <laughs> way. <laughs> what I okay, this is where I've actually my mind actually started. I was thinking I, I, my mind went back to like English class, <laughs> okay. and um. We did, we did in our seventh, so seventh form, uh, it's not even a term we use in New Zealand. Seventh form is your final year of high school. So it's probably like, is it grade 12 for you guys? 12 yes. in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Year 12. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So um, in New Zealand, it's actually year 13. For some reason, we do an extra year. I'm not sure why, but I'm digressing. I'm digressing. Anyway, in English, we did, we did Apocalypse Now. And um, do you know what? I just remember this. This popped up. This little factoid just popped up. Do you know what apocalypse means, like in the literal sense? Just like the oh, end of everything, yeah. the destruction of everything, yeah. everything dying. Well, but n- no, Ooh, okay. it actually doesn't mean that in the literal sense. The it's it sort of it means like revelation, or you know. And I've just googled it. I remember you know roughly what it meant, and it was this: like an unveiling or un folding of things not previously known and which could not be known apart from the unveiling and we have reached the apocalypse of the celtics we have we have an unveiling of what was not previously known and couldn't be known until we played the bucks in the second round <laughs> but now it all is unveiled wow we've always kind of deep down wondered what this team really was you know, we've had our suspicions. I thought you were going to start making comparisons between Marlon Brando's character and Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly thought that's where you were going. Right down to the yeah. thing Are we going to have forehead? to sacrifice a cow <laughs> yeah. at some stage? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, no. I like I, that's that's cool. I like that, man. <laughs> the fan base is Martin Sheen floating down the the river of despair or something, yeah. slowly losing their yeah. mind. There's something in this. I think we should. I think we should work on yeah. that. Holy cow! And like this season is a journey into the heart of darkness. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like- <laughs> yeah. And back. Um, oh my god. I I love that we got to like the apocalypse like within what with less than like three minutes in, straight to apocalypse <laughs> slash apocalypse. Yeah. Can only go up from here. <laughs> Um, but that, that was what I was thinking, you know, it was like we sort of, we didn't quite know what the team was and now we do, we do, we finally know yeah. and we have like a game or two left, but we know what the team is now for, with, for once and for all, right? So that's why I feel like it's the apocalypse. Yeah, so look, let, let's get right into it. And look, I'm not doing all the extra info fluff today. If you if you want to get in touch, just freaking Google us. They, they index everything on We're Google. Around. So just Google us, you'll find us. Uh, We're or, out there, man. Or yeah. don't, don't. 
don't get in touch because we're we're a grouchy bunch today, as I'm sure you are as well. Um, and look, I'd ask you to rate the podcast, but I'd, I'd be concerned <laughs> that your rating would hinge very much on the on the current state of the Celtics. So don't do that. Uh, maybe maybe once we sign Anthony Davis. Um, but I digress, guys. The Celtics they they dropped a, a must win game five to the Bucks in Boston, 113 to 101. And just like we all predicted, the game was lost on a massive third quarter run undertaken by the Bucks role players while Middleton and Giannis were on the bench. Um, guys, what, what <laughs> I, I hesitate to ask, but like, what are the immediate thoughts and, and takeaways from this game? Where do, you, where do you think the game was lost? Was it that third quarter or was it something more holistic than that? If I'm going to just talk about the game in the microcosm of the game itself, not of the scope of the season, not of the scope of the playoffs or yeah. even the Bucks yeah. series itself, just the game itself. It was mm-hmm. the, be- it was the bench. It was the bench. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into Kyrie later. We're going to get into probably, maybe not, we won't get into this, but rightfully that the Bucks have been playing some fantastic defense and that has to be acknowledged. Um, but seven points versus 32. And then what was it in game three? Was it like 16 to 45 or something along those lines as well? Like mm-hmm. just that's unacceptable. And it's unacceptable two games in a row. And particularly when like you've got George Hill, Pat Connaughton, who really shouldn't be major offensive threats are literally like tearing us apart, causing us so much, so many problems. And we've got Gordon Hayward on the bench who, again, we've been down this road so many times. You've got to, we don't know where his health is and where he's at mentally and blah, 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 but it's just completely unacceptable. And I think the bench production, even with a struggling Kyrie Irving and everything else that's at stake, just, you only need a little bit more production of that bench. And I think we get either game three or this game here. I think that's, I, I just think it's unforgivable. And that's why I blame them. Yeah, I, I, you're probably right, Jackson. Um, I don't know how you felt, Ben. I kind of couldn't really... Once I sort of felt the game slipping away, like I just kind mm-hmm. of couldn't... <laughs> like, my mind drifted to higher things, man. Like, I, like <laughs> you know... Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish mine like, could, yeah. <laughs> like, I sort of... I couldn't really focus too much on the minutiae of the game. It just sort of felt like it all felt inevitable in retrospect, you know, which is sort of like, which is kind of like Danger Cart's perspective, right? Which is, you know, we had no reason, we, you know, other than, other than, you know, 90 games so far this season, you know, we had, <laughs> there was no reason to suspect this was happening other than the 90 games that preceded it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I, where I'm at is, um, it's like, like, I'm going to refer to my, not to push my own barrow too much, but like I'm just going to refer to this apocalypse idea, right? Um, Man, my pop filter is doing overtime tonight. (laughs) 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 Um, We're not good enough, man. Like, we're not. (laughs) Like, even if we were as good as advertised at the start of the season, we're not good enough to beat Giannis. I honestly feel like we're kind of... um, I I feel like our position isn't that dissimilar to um like that of the Raptors last year. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh man, like we actually have to do something different. And yeah. I know this sounds pretty rich coming from me, um, who's been like, nah, let's not trade for AD. Um, and I'm still not sure that I want it. But at the same time, like, it's clear, like this team as constituted isn't gonna get it done. Um. Yeah. yeah, and that it's it's good to have, sounds silly to say out loud, but it's quite good to have one of those elite tier players in your team. And you're talking about Giannis, like AD is probably, you know, when he has a full season, not riddled by injuries or ridiculous, you know, trade demands and rumors, AD is probably at that level, right? And particularly when you, you stick him in the paint, hypothetically against someone like Giannis, like suddenly you have at least the chance and it just feels like, other than game one, where in hindsight, it feels like the Bucks played more poorly than the Celtics played well, looking at the rest of the series. You know, you stick someone like AD in the paint against against Giannis, and then offensively AD as well, like maybe you start to have a glimpse of a chance in a series like this, where it just looks like at the moment, as currently built, the Celtics just, they just, whether it's the next game or the game after, like it's just, we're doomed to fail at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would... I don't know if Giannis is better than Anthony Davis or, or the other way around or, or whatever. I think they just mm-hmm. would cancel each other out 
And I think if you can if you can nullify or at least have something as equal to strength as Giannis, then that's that is just gold as far as I'm concerned. And considering we're gonna have to go up against Giannis like at least for the foreseeable future in the East, that's then the thing, yeah, right? yeah, it it make it's starting to make a lot more sense now. But if is he gonna come if Kyrie's not here? If Kyrie isn't gonna be here, or can we get him? It's it's so up in the air at the moment too. But yeah, it it is it's becoming crystal clear that we need at least an AD caliber player, if not AD himself. Yeah, definitely. So just getting back to the game today very quickly, uh, Reddit user, the turtle one, wrote Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford lost third quarter. I'm guessing they meant lost the third quarter by 14 points to George Hill, Pat Connaughton, and Brooke Lopez. Absolutely embarrassing. Um, well, I think one one thing that helped us last year when we had against the Bucks when we had a home court advantage is that like there was a, a distinct difference in the production of role players home versus away, and like I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, home court away in Boston doesn't seem to matter this year. Um, maybe you know the confidence that comes with playing alongside a potential future Hall of Famer in Giannis this year, and, and Coach Bud, of course, makes it makes a huge difference. But um, like. Not only did we not see a diminished um, production in those guys, but we didn't see a boosted production in our own role players. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, I, I just, yeah, I've said it already, yeah. but uh, well, I feel doomed. It's, it's not <laughs> like, doomed. yeah, I was gonna say, it's not like the Bucks played really particularly well in this game, Giannis aside. Um, mm-hmm. They shot, what, 21% from three and 37 or something from the floor. Something, something more like that. But anyway, 21% from three. We had more free throw attempts than them, more free throw makes than them and shot at a higher percentage. Yet, like, we, we were never even in this game. The problem with this game was just our production was just dog shit as well. Like, it was like, it was like last season when we went on the road, except, like, all throughout the season, except for game one. It's so bizarre, but, yeah, it's... So, I guess... The um the thing the, the original the comment from from the user talked about uh, was it the turtle one? Yep, that's really helpful how he capitalizes the turtle one, so we know which you know where, where the word breaks up. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> you know when some people string their usernames together or lowercase, you just sort of messes you up. But anyway, um, so this game kind of for me, I, it got me thinking about the difference between the the, the tier one stars and like. And 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 the and everybody else because like, people talk about like oh you need to be a top five or top ten you need X amount of top five players or top ten players in the NBA to compete. It's not really that. It's the the number of these players that are in tier one can fluctuate, right? But what they have, I think, in common is they just give their team absolute confidence. So, um, if you're if you're on the Bucks, right? Okay, you know that you are never ever ever really going to give up a significant run like you're not going to give up like a 15-0 run mm-hmm. like if if the bucks have like, like I, I mean i'm guessing like the celtics it feels like we've given up like literally like it feels like we give up one a game you know like Easy. like yeah. one a quarter like yeah <laughs> when Giannis is in the game right they're just going they might get outscored for a period right but they're just not going to get like hammered there's always Giannis there to stop the bleeding, and I, I feel like that gives them this that gives their their shooters this kind of confidence that if I miss this shot, it's okay, or I don't have to take this shot, right? Like there's actually we do have a fail safe, so I better take the shot if it's something we we want to take as a team, and I, I sort of feel like great players just the, the words that, that I keep coming with they just bend reality, like. You know, they're just such a force that they just be in reality and they give their teams confidence. And one thing, like I love Horford and I love Hayward's game when he's playing good. Um, but right, clearly they are not that. <laughs> no. They are not those dudes. Absolutely not. You know? And there's I don't know how many of them are at any time. Like it can fluctuate. I guess it could conceivably be ten guys like that. But like the the line is to me is somewhere around like Paul George, Kyrie Irving, right? Somewhere around that line where like Kawhi's in there, you know, Giannis is definitely in there. LeBron historically was in there. Kevin Durant's in there. I'd say Curry's in there. You know, it to me it's just clarified who the tier one guys are. And if you don't have one of those dudes on your team. You are not winning. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and you yeah. can you can have as many great players on your team as you like, as we've shown this year. You know, with with Hayward and 
and Al and, and Kyrie, but if you don't have one of those, just at least one of those elite players, then there's only so far you can go. And if your squad of great players comes up against this one elite player and a and a team built well, constructed well around them, like is the case with uh, the Bucks, yeah. then like it's not going to work out as we've seen. And that's definitely been a lesson that we've learnt this season. Hopefully, it's a lesson that Danny Ainge and Co have also learnt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we've seen this squad go as as far as they can go, as constructed. Yeah. And and I think this is instructive because I don't know where we're going with this, but like, what do you pay Kyrie? You know, where do you stand on Kyrie? This is because um, he's confusing because to me he's on the cusp of that tier, but he's not. He's not like he doesn't give our team confidence, right? Like it's not like oh sweet we've got Kyrie the run's gonna stop. Like things go south even while he's there. Mm. So, um. Yeah, I, I, for me, this is uh, clarifying in terms of what do I think about Kyrie, and I don't want to pay him forty million. Um, I've reached that point. I think he's a great player. If we do wind up resigning him, like, I mean, I'm still gonna cheer, you know, like I'm still gonna enjoy watching him play. But I think that's the decision I have arrived at. I just don't think he's that dude. I think he's not quite good enough for the money. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, my, my, my. I keep I keep changing my opinion on Kyrie, kind of mm. not day to day, month to month, week, fortnight to fortnight, whatever you want to break it down. But like, it seems to just like ebb and flow. And I, he'd kind of won me back the start of the playoffs because I thought I can put up with the the pseudo intellectual horseshit. I could put up with the <laughs> I could put up with the clanger quotes of just nonsense and like grammatically incorrect or you know whatever's coming out of straight from his brain out of his mouth. Um, but I didn't I didn't give a shit about any of it if he went and scored forty eight, eleven and eight. You know against the Raptors, didn't care. Fine. I thought that's what we were going to get this playoffs. Like that's what was like, playoff Kyrie was coming. You know with a lot of you know promise and like he was coming we were seeing what he can do in the past so we're like all right sweet we're just going to get some of that and we're going to be all right but like my concern was for the longest time was that it, it, playoff Kyrie this year is not going to be the same as he was historically and unfortunately um it hasn't lived up to the case so there's a, that's a flaw in his game and everything that he said off the court and you know his temperament and whatever's been going on in that dressing room aside um he's still a max player Someone's going to give him max money, so I, the, the the choice is it really: would we give him? I, th- I think you I think you have to offer it just just to say, look, yeah, it's there, but it's hard to say. Like I I I don't know where he wants to be. I, I like the way he played today, particularly the end of the game, would indicate to me that his heart's not really here, or maybe that's just the kind of guy that he is. I'm not too sure. Is that the kind of guy you want leading your team? Uh, that's uh, where he, I. That's he, where I, I'm. Yeah, that's where I are now because I used to. I just never used to care, but now I don't. Yeah. So what? What would Red Auerbach think of Kyrie Irving? That the current Kyrie Irving on the on the Boston Celtics, the Kyrie Irving who, like, walked off the court with X amount of seconds left on the clock, who, like, has been rocking the boat all all season. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's maybe. Maybe that's not the right approach to think about a modern Celtics team is what would Red Auerbach think. But as a fan, like a lot of my like emotional investment in the Celtics is sort of channeled through the the origins, you know, beginning with yeah, Red Auerbach. And yeah. I just can't, like he just doesn't fit the mold. Um, yeah. Recency mm. bias coming into play a lot, but... But no, yeah. Marcus Smart fits the mold. Yes, absolutely. He does, mm. you know? Um, and, you know... Warts and all, I think Jalen Brown does. You know, Jalen has mental, massive mental weaknesses, but <laughs> dude stays aggressive. And I think, I think he trying, may have, got, and he's weathered the storm. I think he may have conquered some of those this season, just to for the mental. I stuff. agree. I think he may yeah. have mm. be getting past it. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the biggest bright spot of this season. Actually, is I feel like Jalen Brown has weathered some really difficult stuff, and he's coming out of it like knowing who he is as a player. Yep. These are my strengths. This is what I do. Boom, 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 boom. You know, like I'm going to play to that and I'm going to be really aggressive with my opportunities. And I'd still, gosh, I'd love it if he could not front run his first free throw every time. But, you know, <laughs> we'll take our wins <laughs> where we can get him. 
So I had I had Kyrie down to discuss later on as like sort of the elephant in the room, but I mean we're on it, so let's just get to it. Like it it seems like you know after these past three games we're right back down to that lowest point with Kyrie Irving. We're, I mean we we've kind of just touched on this, but as far as what to do with Kyrie during the off season, like where are you guys truly at with that? Like first of all. Will he resign with the Celtics, or would he resign with the Celtics? And if he would, would you want to resign him? Um, and beyond that, like, what's truly like from your, I guess, your heart of hearts? Like, what's your preference? You know, sign Kyrie and 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 try and bait AD our way and into eventually resigning AD, or um, send Kyrie packing and build around you know Smart and Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum and stuff like that. Where are you guys at with that whole thing? I can answer that real quick. Basically, everything <laughs> I just said before applies. But <laughs> yep. we'll, for the benefit of the listeners, yeah, exactly. Please, he's he's in position. summary. Skip the last minute and a half of me talking shit. This is basically what I said. Um, uh, will we offer him a max contract? I absolutely think we will because I think it's part of the, the, the long con, the big picture to get Anthony Davis. And I would love to see that. Will he resign? Does he want to stay here? No idea. Absolutely no idea. I thought he would have. I thought it was all noise and maybe just shit just getting blown out of proportion and definitely like a New York media sort of narrative push that a lot of people picked up to get him to the Knicks. I honestly have no idea where he would go. I thought maybe he would stay. Now, no clue. Um, would I prefer he leave or build around the young guys? I, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still tossing that up because like we talked about before with Anthony Davis versus Giannis, with Kyrie in there, maybe maybe a, a team catered more to Kyrie is how you get the best out of him, and maybe you get a bit more focus from him, a bit more production, a little bit more, a bit a little less like boat shaking shit. Like I don't know, it's <laughs> maybe that would help in the long run, but would it be worth all that effort and trading a lot of the assets that we have away to get Anthony Davis to, to try that, or should we just let him go, focus on what we've got here? We've got Mac. We'll have Max slots. To, to try and sign someone else. Like, I don't know. I think Kemba Walker's available. Do we do that? I don't know. There are alternatives aside, and I would love to see this <laughs> core go somewhere. I said this would be quick. It's not quick at all. But yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I would rather him stay or build around the young guys. Really don't. Not yet. Okay. Um, will he resign? Um, gosh, that's one of those classic words, isn't it? Have we discussed this? The resign resign i'm adding a hyphen <laughs> as we speak yeah. <laughs> there we go I remember, I remember that now yeah uh, will he resign uh, <laughs> he's, he's got plenty of uh, extracurricular interests yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wants to spend time with his kids um well I, I i'm with you i don't know i think it's genuinely 50 we can um, offer them the most money. That matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I would. Yeah. Um, I would. I would. I would say the odds are at fifty percent. Um, do I want him to resi- <laughs> resign? Uh, <laughs> um, like I've already said it. No, but it's not like a hard no. You know, like if we did happen to resign him, I wouldn't be like, this is a, this is going to put our franchise, you know, in the flipping poo for years. Like, um, I, I think like it, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if he does. I just think like all things considered, I think we need a different approach. And I, I think, you know, look, we're just saying, look around, look what happens when you put $40 million into a guy who's just not one of them ones, right? When you put forty million dollars into a guy who just doesn't move the needle quite enough, <laughs> God, well, you <clears throat> find excuse you, me, you get a, something in my throat. <laughs> you get John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you get you get an albatross, right? You get Westbrook. You know, sorry, man, but like Oklahoma City, like they, they're paying for it. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, they are. You know. Um, and um, f- who do I prefer to build around the sort of young guys core, the guys we've drafted, or Kyrie and AD? Um, hmm. AD might be those guys, but I think there's an argument to say he isn't. Like, just thought experiment. If KD and AD, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis, switch places this year, what happens to the Pelicans? Like, do we have any doubt in our minds that um, 
that the Pelicans make the playoffs and are like a solid, like, you know, six plus seed? Do you have any doubt that that it's would be the case? It's a really, really good question. I have no I, idea. I mean, I don't, I don't have I any have doubt no at all. no idea. Kev, Kevin Durant, as he is currently playing, and, you know, the drop-off can't be too extreme going into next season. I, it easily pulls them into at least a very competitive first round, if not into the second round. Does he? Does he though? Yeah. yeah, he's a beast. Uh, I, yeah, he's such yeah. a beast. So is Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's just injuries with Anthony Davis yeah, but, aside. No, nah, but yeah, but like Anthony Davis has got a track record. Like yeah. he's actually had good talent around him. Like you know that Eric Eric Gordon guy that's just been killing. Yeah, <laughs> this whole you remember he used to play for the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah. You know that Tyreek Evans guy who was like keeping the paces in games against us yeah. and was really good for the yeah. Grizzlies last year. Like he was on that team. Yeah, I know, too. but like I don't like. And you remember Ryan Anderson, that guy that rained three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Like all I'm saying is like, and, and you know, Kevin Garnett might have been subject to some of the the same criticisms. I'm just saying I'm not like sure about Anthony Davis and the way that. I, like I'm sure that Kevin Durant makes an immediate difference, and yeah. the way that Giannis has proved that he may, like if and if AD's not on that level, like how much better really are we? Like I'm not sure. Um, and for me, given that I'm sort of like oh, I just really want a homegrown team for you know some philosophical or well, not even philosophical reasons, more just like maybe emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. I just mm. um. Even though I think oh, clearly would be worse if we built around like our young core instead of Curry and AD. Like Curry and AD is a really good team, mm. really really good team, and it's going to win an awful lot of games. But if they're not quite, if they aren't they, if they aren't those guys, if they aren't those. You know, there's some guys that you just couldn't pay enough in the league, and there's some guys that are really good, but you there is a limit on what you'd pay them. And um, and and I sort of feel like. Uh, AD, I'm not sure he's one of those guys. He hasn't proven it. Yeah. I'd, so on that basis, I'd rather probably go with the young guys, which is yeah. something that, like, I think is totally arguable the other way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think that I think the fun would come back, and I think the spirit of of like the team yeah. would def- it would make it a more appealing for fans to to get behind a young core development. And I, it's not like I don't think we would be a bad team by any stretch. I think if you gave, no. I think if you gave the keys to Jalen, Tatum, and Smart. So to speak, like they're the guys who are who you're going to push forward from now on. Obviously, Horford's still going to be important. Haywood, shit, I still think Haywood's up, still owes us one good season, and that's maybe more me like <laughs> pleading with him that he owes us a good Before season. Before he opts out, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I still think I still think full full season, full preseason, and a healthy regular season, and then see what he can do because maybe the mental leap from regular season to playoffs was just too great, and the intensity was too much. So, like, that's still a very very good team. Um, so I think that that's still really fun and really appealing to go for. But yeah, as you as we were saying, the 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 Kyrie AD thing, I think that brings a whole world of of drama, of um of of similar uh potentially similar issues like regarding team chemistry and whether enough guys are getting you know their their chance to to shoot the rock and whatnot. But you'd imagine it would just be those two when everyone else is like not important anymore. Um. Yeah, I think I would rather go the young guys. To be perfectly honest, maybe that's just me bracing myself for the fact that like Kyrie's going to leave. We're not going to get Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stuff you and <laughs> yeah, I exactly. So I'll just, yeah. go, I'll just go with it. So yeah, no. Um, if you're going to make me choose, I I just lo- the idea. This is so weird because I think Joe, you were always about like like how it means to you in the heart, and I went back. Nah, it's about fucking winning, competitive, and I feel like we're on opposing ideologies on this <laughs> argument alone. I would probably rather go the young kids. Maybe I'm just wounded from today. No, yeah. no, I think I would rather go the young kids. But okay, I, but you're fine, I yeah. see the argument. I see the argument. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah I, that it's hard to grasp. I see know, both sides of the argument. Like, I, I think that as a fan base, particularly after this like clusterfuck of a season, we we deserve like that sort of Celticy season where we have like a a young like gutsy squad and we maybe exceed expectations. Like, do you remember what that feels like? Yeah. But where we have like a you know on paper underperforming roster yeah. that overperforms and, and makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals until but, we run into Giannis again and he <laughs> shoots a million free throws yeah, and, we, yeah. and we get knocked out. Yeah. yeah, probably. So yeah, I mean that's it's going to happen. You know, every season for the foreseeable but, future. So that sort of leads but we to want the next honorable point. defeat, right? 
Like, we don't want dishonor in defeat. And what we have here is a little bit of dishonor. And then the Kyrie walking off thing, that's just dishonorable behavior. Yeah, you can't. It's just, you can't it's just, I'm just it not sucks. down with it. Really yeah. So, so that, that sort of leads me to the, the reality of, of, you know, potentially bringing on AD. And, you know, Anthony Davis is the kind of player that you hope anyone that you decide to build around becomes. Like, I know that he's got this track record. He's maybe a little bit soft, he's injury prone, but like talent wise, production wise, and just like in terms of like poking his head above that elite like cloud layer, Anthony Davis is the the caliber of player that you like you pray anyone on your team, anyone you draft, anyone you trade for becomes, right? And if he is within arm's reach, and if we can pair someone like Kyrie as a number two around him. And we are looking to get past guys like Giannis and Kawhi and whoever else in the finals. You you just do it, right? Because that's kind of the outcome you're hoping for, regardless of the path you try and take, right? Like you you want to end up with one of those guys. Um, and you know, I know Brad Stevens has kind of taken a bad rap this year because he hasn't really been able to make it work chemistry-wise with this team. You know, suddenly you you do away with a lot of those upper tier role players that have sort of been clogging the team in terms of you know shot selection and minutes and distribution and whatnot, and and you put him in charge of an AD led team where after AD and Kyrie the talent level kind of drops off like more logically and it's easier to form a team around. I I feel good about that team. I that's the direction I'd be leading in. As much as I love the young guys, I just feel like building something around AD with, with Brad Stevens and the, the culture barring this season of the Boston Celtics. I just, I feel good about that. That's that's the direction I'd like to see us go in. Mm. Look, I, I think the, the, the reason why that argument can carry the day, you know, just from a rational, like, championship optimization sort of perspective, is you, you've got to be convinced that Anthony Davis, right, is really one of those elite players and not just a little bit empty calories, you know? Like you say, he's he's the type of guy you dream about building around. Like you, you pray that your, your draft pick turns out like that. And that's sort of true, but that doesn't mean he's as good as Kevin Durant because mm. he's not, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and so I'm like, okay, you've got to convince me for, for me to jump over to your to your side from a championship optimization perspective, you've got to convince me that what's happened to Anthony Davis in New Orleans is just bad luck, and he really is mm. one of those difference making. But I, players that's on what a I think too. Level. That's honestly what I think too. Like just to just to justify my point earlier about like, what was like really you think obviously KD is better than AD. I'm sure of it. But if you put KD on the Pelicans and AD on the Warriors, like swapping them, or even just get rid of AD out of the picture completely, does KD and the Pelicans beat the Warriors still? I don't think he does. And that's what Anthony Davis continually ran into in the playoffs. It was either the Warriors in the second round or the Warriors in the first. So I think you put Anthony Davis with the Celtics, run through the East, and then get to the, the, the Warriors, potentially, in the finals. That's a different story. But that, that's just all. That's just where I was coming from. So uh, I, still, really good I, I still think Anthony Davis on this team is fucking dynamite, with or without Kyrie. But I think it's either the one or the other at this stage. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I really and, don't know. And- yeah, and to add to that, KD is clearly the better player. If it were just like pick, like pick who you would like on this team, like regardless of the obstacles that you need to go through to get there, like KD every day of the week. But the the path to AD, AD is more within our reach than KD at this point. Like there are some complicated sign and trade sort of scenarios that could happen for us to get Kevin Durant. But AD, it's a simple. We've got the assets. You know, they're cut above what any other team can offer really i don't even think i'm i'm biased in saying that like we we can go out and get ad if we want him kind of and yeah, that's why we can why just spin mm, we can just spin the tail you can just give yeah. the farm away and we'll get him yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so i don't know we're going into a lot about off season scenarios there's still another game or or two or three oh, yeah. or, or you know <laughs> potentially many more games left this in this is, current season this is another game. <laughs> so we're going to circle back a little bit so inconveniently to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the Celtics are down 3-1 in this series, heading back to Milwaukee, right? Like, where are you guys at with this one? Give, give me a scenario where the Celtics somehow come back and win this series and, and try and make it sound even slightly realistic. Uh, we get the wall out again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing, right? It worked in the first game. Just start to have Baines there, Horford there, Morris there, blocks in, hope that um, fucking Middleton shoots two from 10 again. Give it a whirl. Hope Kyrie <laughs> yeah. doesn't suck either. 
possible. Let's do that again. It's possible. Yeah. That's my best shot. I'm down for that. Yeah, we shoot 60% from the floor. We make 23s. Um, the Bucks, the, uh, Giannis shoots 10 free throws instead of 20. Um, and uh, Middleton, yeah, shoots worse than 30% from three. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's possible, but it, it's sort of like a win. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if we weren't as dumb as it sounds, but it's just... <laughs> It's just not reality. It's prolonged like, and inevitable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why we've spent most of this podcast talking about the off season already. <laughs> um, yeah. On where the Celtics are at in this series, user Daniel PSOAD09 wrote, "We got them right where we want them." Which um, I, you know, <laughs> we were talking about the stages of grief, like before we started recording, and I, I, I get that. You know, I've I've visited that sort of. Um, that, that mindset a few times today. And, and quickly, I just want to circle back. I forgot to, to read this out on the Kyrie stuff. User Hail Kyrie wrote, Kyrie can literally go fuck himself and pack his bags for New York. <laughs> this is a great He cost us this series. Pete, my username, for fuck's sake, which I regret big time now. <laughs> if you didn't hear, his username is Hail Kyrie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the full spectrum of emotions, of human emotions available to the human mind can be witnessed on the Boston Celtics subreddit this evening. Um, and I'll add to that, avoid the RNBA subreddit. If you are a self-respecting Celtics fan, just it's, it's honestly like it's, it's terrible over there right now. I, I don't want to go into it. If you want to have a peek, if you're um, some sort of sadist, um, feel free to go in there and, and, and take a look. But it's, um, it's truly not worth it. It's a true. Or it's be, a, it's a war or be zone. brave. Or be brave and fly the flag. <laughs> I, up to you. I up did to you. laugh though that that tweet that you sent through. Like you got to admit, the um the one about um they showed the picture like a Bleacher <laughs> Report tweet at the start of the yeah. season with like a picture of the erotic city five oh, yeah. and who's gonna stop them? And then somebody tweets back, you know, now like <laughs> George Hill and Pat Connor. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it took. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, basketball's a funny yeah. game. Are we, are, yeah. we, are we ready for the Paul Pierce memes that haven't already been coming our way? They're going to get even better now. Oh, we're no, so that's, yeah, that's sure. why I'm saying avoid RNBA. It's Good it's one. a it's an absolute war zone right now. Just uh, <laughs> like if you're in there as a Celtics fan, you're in the trenches and don't poke your head above the trench that's line because you'll get a bullet through the helmet. <laughs> um. All right, what else we got here? Pretty disappointing series so far. What are the... It's probably a good time to go to this this portion of the podcast. What are the positive takeaways from this series? Jalen Brown, etc. There's a comment from user Iverson who writes, Jalen has brought it every game this series. And if everyone remembers, he was basically the only guy to show up on the road in the first round last year as well. After Smart, probably my favorite Celtic. Positive takeaway from this series. You guys got anything at all? Yeah, um, I also really think Semi Ojale is an NBA player. I really, really, really do. Um, and you know, in the event that AD gets traded, um, one of those, one of Brown and Tatum's gonna go. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Ojale does with some minutes. I really, really think he's an NBA player. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in him being a, a functional NBA level role player for sure. I think he looked great in the minutes he played. Yeah, totally. I'd have to. It's, I have to go back to Jalen Brown as well, too. I mean, Marcus Morris deserves a shout out as well. I saw there was a Marcus Morris appreciation thread by uh, <laughs> yeah. eccentric. He's he's eccentric, whatever. Yeah. So shout out to that because he yeah he's he's he started the season really well. He went patchy, definitely towards the end. Uh, still very much a scapegoat in a lot of fans' uh, eyes, either rightly or wrongly, but. You know, games. This game, the last game, I think would have been a blowout if it wasn't for him, which is like you know a very small consolation. But you know, he was fantastic um, this season, and I think I'm sorry, he was fantastic in the last couple of games. And I think over the the whole course of a season, he exceeded expectations for the most part. So there's that. But um, yeah, for me, definitely Jalen Brown is is the uh, positive, particularly how poorly he started out, and then it kind of came out that he had a hand injury or something like that, and then you just saw him trend upwards and upwards and upwards to the point where he just he's so automatic in the corner corner threes now. Like you just get it, you just know what's going down, and it's and there's so much other stuff into his game. You talk about like his free throw disparity, which has been poor all season. This series though against the Bucks, he shot ten of twelve, so it's it's good. I mean, obviously, I'd like him to shoot more, or or, or I don't know. Yeah, Jalen's been fantastic, and I think to add one little sort of hot takes aspect to it, I think 
I think if we're going to try and trade for AD, I think Tatum is still the flashier sort of prospect. And I think Tatum is still going to be big time one day. I really hope so. I really believe so. I think he's still going to be fantastic. But I almost feel like he's a more attractive prospect that you can throw in there while we can keep Jalen Brown, who I really feel strongly is going to be a fantastic NBA player like in the next few seasons. It might even be mm-hmm. as soon as next season. He could be really good. And if we can keep Jalen Brown in any kind of Anthony Davis trade, I'm going to consider that a big win. I will say one other thing um, that's, a, that's a silver lining. I think collectively, as a, as a fan base, we've reached the point where if Kyrie does leave, we're not going to be devastated. Like, even if you would prefer that he stayed, you're not going to be devastated if he does leave. I reckon that's a silver lining, right, guys? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. People, people will, will cope. We'll be okay. We'll cope. It'll yeah. be a positive. Anything that happens that symbolizes a changing from the old to the new, right? Like anything that's just like, okay, here now we draw the line to separate us from last year's, talking from next year's perspective, last year's Boston Celtics to this year's Boston Celtics. Like, I think we're just going to be happy to sort of make that transition no matter like the fallout, right? Whether that means Kyrie leaving or whoever being traded. Um, I think everyone's just going to be happy to move on at this point. Like it's been a, a, bit of an, a, an emotional roller coaster um in, in terms of the positive takeaways you, you basically touched on it jackson but jalen brown and jason tatum i almost it's weird like i feel like jalen brown's been better during the playoffs right particularly during the the, the buck series so like jason tatum is i guess still the better prospect and like we're almost in a position like maybe can we get away with like dangling Jalen, sorry, Jason Tatum out there for the Pelicans, trading him for Anthony Davis and actually keeping keep keeping Jalen Brown, or vice versa. Jalen Brown's been great, whereas Jason Tatum is a better prospect. Can we get away with saying, oh, via recency bias or whatever? Here's here's Jalen Brown. We're going to hold on to to Tatum because he wasn't so great during the playoffs. Like it's the point being is that we can make this trade and, and hold on to one of those guys, and that feels like a cheeky little. Steel, sure, yeah, sure, sure. I've always, I've always said, if we can get an AD trade with keeping one, just one of Smart, Tatum, or Brown, I'll consider that success. Yeah, I keep just I, one. We better keep two. Yeah, 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 God, <laughs> especially Marcus Smart. He needs to stay because, He's like, if, stay, if there's yeah. one Red Outback guy, I mean, he won the fucking Red Outback award this year. It's Marcus Smart. Like, mm. Marcus if, Smart's a friggin' champion, oh, dude. Yeah. Like, I yeah. If there's one guy on this team that we need to hold on to, no matter what, I, it's Marcus Smart. I feel like. Like he is, he is my my champion. I'm sure unless you guys he, feel unless the same. He, unless he ta- unless he ta- unless he's done more damage to his hip shooting all those threes today, maybe it's an IT situation all over again. Uh, maybe they I'd... smuggle him into a trade, and that's <laughs> the end of his career. Would yeah. it be unlike us to do it? No. I can't <laughs> no. go there. To be honest, I cannot go there. Oh, I'd, not, oh, not I'd hate it. I'd hate it. It would. I'd, I'd have issues processing it, but not beyond the realms of possibility. On. Yeah, man. If like, if like, if if I thought like the karmic price of trading Isaiah Thomas was was horrific, it's paid. Yeah, with the paid the guy you drafted. <laughs> yeah, but like doing that to Smart yeah. would be almost like, oh man, like would be in, like would be in purgatory. Would be in basketball purgatory for a decade. Mm. I feel like that would be the, the the only fair price there. Yeah, you can't trade him. They'd have to you move can't. us. We'd be the Austin Celtics <laughs> yeah. or something. They'd have Austin. to move the <laughs> move the franchise. That's be Brown from now on. Yeah, yeah. shit. Uh, I I think we've paid the the karmic payout for the Isaiah Thomas. I I feel like you know if this season goes as expected and we are eliminated in the next game or two, like that's that debt is paid, right? Like this is that's over the Hayward injury and everything. And yeah. and Kyrie Irving bringing his like mental somersaults into the locker room, like it's it's done. We can I move on, like, right? I feel like if I feel like I feel like if Kyrie gets gets traded, then it's gone. I feel like Kyrie's the curse. Like if he leaves, rather, if he leaves, I feel like it's lifted and we've paid. As long as he's here, I feel like I don't believe I don't believe Joe's curse thing at all. But just <laughs> just to go <laughs> along with I, it, I feel like yeah. I feel like as long as Kyrie's here, that that juju's gonna be around. So <laughs> maybe getting rid of him's the like the is like the, the, the cow sacrifice from like Apocalypse Now. And we could just be free and go home. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're like, right. The thing is, even though we don't believe this stuff, like a little tiny bit of us does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, huge, huge part of me. We're all such, we're so tribal at base, aren't we? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's human nature. Yeah, I, t- I turned the game off today because we were losing, and then we went on a run, yeah, and I refused to put it back on because I'm like, I'm not messing this up. It's like, yeah. and I don't believe it at all, but I'm like, I, I'm not taking that chance in this moment because we were desperate. <laughs> I'm going to lean on it. It's so true. Yeah, I've been there as well where you're like, maybe I won't watch the game and I'll just look at the result afterwards because then as it's loading, it's it's like a coin flip and it feels more 50-50 oh, yeah. than like the actual <laughs> odds of the game. Yeah, Even though the, even though the result's actually been decided. Yeah, yeah. You feel like, like <laughs> it'll be decided for you in that in that very moment. Did you, hear the, on. did you hear the commentators said in game three about how Danny Ainge, because he's had the heart attack, he wasn't able to watch the game. So he and oh, his family yeah. oh, went to watch theater. a movie and now we're going to watch it, tell him the result afterwards and then he can watch the game without being stressed. He wasn't watching a second of that movie without just sitting right? there, just going, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Like, I'm uh, yeah. sure his heart he's, was fine, he's but he's sitting there fudge, the whole time fudge, just being like, fudge, I don't fudge. want to watch this movie. Yeah. Austin Ainge <laughs> has the defibrillator yeah. on hand. I was, I was, I felt for him in that moment. I was like, oh man, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Oh shit. I, uh, a couple more, couple more points to get here. So, uh, a Celtics Reddit user, uh, I suck big man titties made a post <laughs> after the game today, Excellent, four man. hours ago. Why is everyone complaining about Kyrie, but not Haywood? And then it basically goes on to say what, well, we all know that, you know, despite everything that's been happening with Kyrie and, and this series in particular, um, Gordon Hayward has not really stepped up. So, like, where where are you guys at with Gordon Hayward? I, I want to gauge where you're at. And in, in a season full of, of team-based up and downs, like, this dude has had his own run of individual up and downs. On the surface, it's easy to be disappointed in him given where we're at. But in a vacuum, it's also been kind of fun to watch him gradually improve. And now that we've had you know, a much larger sample size, essentially a full season and a, a bit of a postseason, um, are you sick of him? Are you ready for him to move on? Are you optimistic that he'll be back and he'll be better next season? Like, where, where are you sitting with, with Gordon Hayward? Hand on heart honesty. I just think the step up in it of intensity from the Pacers series to the Bucks series was just too much for him. Totally, and I don't, yeah. and I don't, and I don't think, and I don't think Kyrie did him any favors. Any of the other guys on the bench did him did him any favors. I think the step up was just was just too great because we've seen genuine progress. And you know, I started, I thought about just before we went on air, what would have this team last year looked like? So many variables and and what ifs aside, if Hayward doesn't break his leg, Kyrie does go down, but then you've got Hayward leading that team in the playoffs. I, I started thinking about that and it, it's, it's a lot of what ifs and whatnot. So anyway, that aside, um, I still think there is no way you could write him off until at least, at least the middle of next season. Not even, in fact, just give him all of next season. You know what I mean? I think then we'll know for sure. Still probably technically a bad contract considering the, the, the production that he's given us for the money. Mm-hmm. But I think next season we'll know for sure if we don't trade him. <laughs> I mean, if we get to the end of next season, we don't know for sure. And, you know, and it's a little bit iffy. Well, he's got one season left on his contract. <laughs> These things come around so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're already halfway through that contract. It's nuts. Um, like the, the the sort of platonic ideal of Gordon Hayward, I love. I love his game. Um, and I really, really want him to be good. Um, and I'll never like, I'll never be like, oh, I just want Hayward to get out of here. I, I, I'll never be like that just because I, like I say, I, I just kind of like what I feel like he symbolizes mm. um, as far as, um, like, I just think his game's really pure, but um, he's a negative value contract. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to earn, he's not going to generate $130 million of value for the Celtics at this point. But you, I guess you can't think of it like that, right? Like, the, the, the $60 million of, you know, where he's produced... I don't know, over two years to the level of a, I don't know, like maybe a guy who earned the mid-level. I don't know, like, you know, um, like we, we can't get that back. It's sunk, right? Um, I think if he goes in a trade, I'm sort of like, it's fine. You know, like um, I don't feel like bad about that. Um, uh, but if he stays, I've, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like where he's the dude. And sort of he sets the, the helps to set the tone of the team with Al Horford. Like I sort of feel like him and Al Horford would be just like a real solid emotional base for a team. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what that would look like with with the young guys with with no Kyrie in there. Yeah, him and uh, a, a good big man, right? 
Like mm. Hayward is so role based. It, it, the, his impact on the team is so role based, and I don't think he's a good pairing with Kyrie Irving. Um, no, so, I agree. someone posted this on the on the NBA discussion subreddit, and I, I sort of just was briefly reading it earlier today and, and sorry i don't have the thread up in front of me so i can't credit this user and i'm going to paraphrase it badly but they were basically saying like the whole the utah team where sort of hayward sort of peaked in before leaving and, and joining boston was like gradually sort of built around him and the offense was built around him and he was able to handle the ball like 80 percent of the time and yeah. and drive and make the right read um and like he had the confidence to get off his shot because he was the guy and if the defense acted accordingly to also make the right play pass wise and that it's just not an experience he's been able to have on the Celtics and probably that will continue to be the case as long as he plays with Kyrie Irving who knows you know what what change that makes to that dynamic if you add AD as well so yeah I mean I'd be very curious to see the impact that he has in the remaining years of his contract if if Kyrie was to walk so I, I guess you can sort of add that in the like approving of, of Kyrie leaving column um Ultimately, though, you know, I'd love to see him figure out a way how to make it work. Like that really is the telltale sign of a of an elite, you know, NBA player yeah. is like, how can you adjust your role? And Kyrie should be thinking this way as well to sort of make it work. You know that you're with, with talented players. You guys are going to have to sacrifice a little bit to make it work. And we just haven't seen that this season, which is the, basically the season in a nutshell, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think yeah. Kyrie's been willing to change his game a little bit because he's averaging season high in assists and things like that. And I, sure. could, I think that's one point to that. But you're right. It's just, it just hasn't meshed. And it certainly hasn't meshed when he's coming off the injury that he's had and everything is at stake and how it has. It's just, been, it's just not been the ideal situation for this kind of um, relationship or at least Gordon Hayward's game in the circumstance it is to, like, you know, to, to, to really bloom and, and whatnot. So it's, it feels like a missed opportunity of sorts, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of run its course without adding enough well, something else to it, I think. The thing is, though, like, short of him being the principal salary piece in a Davis trade, we're stuck with him. Yeah, right. Like, time. So, so I think we just... Okay, we're stuck with them, so let's just hope for the best, you know. And and I think there's some reasons to be optimistic. It'll still, it's still like it'll never have been ultimately a good decision for the Celtics to sign him. Like, and it, it, it'll never like you know he'd have to give us two years of like outstanding play, like in excess of what he's being paid. Right? It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, but but we can't cry over spilt milk. Like, if he can produce like a, I don't know, like a twenty million dollar player, or, you know, like you know like that that's cool like i can't i'm not gonna i don't have hate in my heart for it <laughs> yeah you know? it, it's it's tough to say it was a mistake like given we sort of you given know you do it every time it, yeah it's just that it hasn't worked out like it, it can't work out for mm. us in aggregate and he, he was the best available free agent at a time where we were seemingly one yeah. signing do, away from like making so that many leap. teams wanted him we're yeah in a, we were in a we we're in a bidding war so to speak yeah and like the injury like that's no one's fault except for maybe jay crowder um that that happened right so you know i, I know a lot of people don't agree with me there so <laughs> we, we obviously we signed pre-injury gordon hayward to a max contract at a time where the market was such that you know he was deserving of that contract so yeah, yeah. you know shit just am, doesn't am, work I'm out used, i'm yeah. doing revisionist history totally yeah. yeah but i just just to make the point that like like just to make the point that he can't live up to the value of his contract almost at this yeah. point. I think he, you know? I think he can if the last two years are great and then we get him on a cheaper one and then those two years after or three years, whatever, are great. <laughs> Long-term, <go>. sure. <laughs> but yeah. no, this contract itself, no, no, absolutely not. It's, um, that, one's, that one's toast. But um, doesn't, mean, doesn't, mean he can't, doesn't mean he can't be a great player next year. Doesn't mean he can't be a great player the year after. Doesn't mean he can't do great things in his career. I think that's what's going to be the big... If he's still here next year, that's what's going to be. Yeah, you're right. The biggest, the, the thing I'll be most curious about, the biggest mystery is, like, can we get back something like Utah Gordon Hayward from the off? Yeah, um, if we were just to talk, I guess, you know, realistically, just very quickly, uh, and uh, for a way to, for Gordon Hayward to redeem himself, you know, home opener next season, we go against the Bucks as sort of like this, okay, the Bucks knocked you out of the playoffs. Gordon Hayward, I don't, I don't know, maybe he free throw line dunks through the legs over Giannis or something like that. Maybe he's, you <laughs> know, maybe he's back then. Stuff. Just, yeah, it's like, okay, all right, cool. 
he works out during the offseason, gets a little spring in his step. I don't know. That's that's what I'm looking for next season out of Gordon Hayward. Um, so a theme that has gradually surfaced through this season is that this team is hard to root for. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit already in this this episode. Um, like that they don't have that typical like Celtics work horse factor. Like what's it going to take for you guys like for for you guys to regain that that passion or respect for the team or, or level of interest in the Celtics, I, I think Marcus Smart is the root of that kind of thing. But like, what what changes need to happen? If I'm talking in the remainder of this series and and going forward from here, like what what are you looking for there? On top of everything we've already discussed, dudes who will rebound the basketball. Oh yeah, that's been a problem for <laughs> mm. like a decade. <laughs> I mean, like honest, honest to goodness, I would pay PJ Tucker like twenty million dollars. <laughs> Just yeah. same. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, from a, yeah, like yeah, rebounding hustle a little, just a little, just more, just mongrel and and just playing with a bit more intensity would be the the most obvious thing to to actually just root for them though. Like, I mean, shit, just start honestly. I'll just just win, just win, even if it's this boring <laughs> scrap of a fucking game. If we win the next two games and force a game seven, like I'm not going to be sitting there going, I I'm going to be like, like in, all over it. So just win, just win two games. That simple. Yeah, yeah, totally. That simple. I mean, we're all going to be watching game five, right? Like, we all are. We're fans. Kyrie's been 3-1 down before in more (laughs) dire circumstances against a better team. I'm sure he will remind us about it. Just say. Ah, had a point. Sorry, Bean. Sorry, I can't. Sorry. I'll just quickly throw to the final uh, Reddit comment on this point. User Collie Motion, who designed the podcast logo, wrote, has there ever been anything that epitomizes Quote, talk is cheap more than the 2018-2019 Boston Celtics. Um, which, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been this like feeling of exhaustion, right? I, that's where I'm at right now after going up and down, up and down with this team all season. Then one last hurrah in the playoffs with a, like a promising sweep of the paces and this opening game against the Bucks, and then ultimately one final massive letdown and even within the vacuum of this game we went on that like fourth quarter run where Tatum hit his first three of the series I guess and and Al Horford hit his first three of maybe the game yeah and (laughs) yeah and like suddenly there's hope again but ultimately it's one final massive letdown you know um like in nature documentaries when there's like this animal being chased down by this beast of prey and and once the animal knows it's about to be caught and eaten it just kind of lays down in the grass and accepts its fate like that's that's not even an exaggeration for where i'm at right now like just fucking eat me like i'm so ready to just lay down and be eaten by like a deer the gods the basketball gods a giant deer yeah yeah and and like this this elimination what is probably going to be an elimination is the hardest because going into the season this was the biggest oh shit, we might win a title season since like 2008, maybe 2009 before the KG injury. And like the expectations were like at their highest before game one of 82 even tipped. And then they just gradually cascaded down into what they are now, which is like ne- negative expectations. So there's no chance that they'll, they'll get back, they'll dig out of this hole. And that's just made it so hard. I don't, like I've never experienced a season as a sports fan or let alone a Celtics fan that's that's followed this path and that's made it incredibly difficult to accept and as the clock wound down today in this game against the Bucks like I just feelings of doom I suppose I I don't know I don't know how else to to articulate it it was it's just it's been a tough one yeah <laughs> there's sort of like I mean, how many narratives are there that we actually accept as a sports team? We we accept like uh, veterans last stand. That's an acceptable narrative for us, right? Like we can handle that. We can we can get behind that. We can handle um, dominant team. Um, dominant team goes to championship, tries really hard, even if they come short. We can handle that, right? Mm. Um, we can handle um, plucky young team on the rise. We can handle that. Um, but this, like you say, being like underachieving team of veterans, um, is not a narrative that we like, it's just not, not, <laughs> we, you know, our computer just won't run that script, you know, yeah. just, yeah. just won't do it. The, it's a bug. The, um, 
I'd say I'd say if you want a team that epitomizes talk is cheap more than the eighteen nineteen Celtics, maybe the eighteen nineteen Lakers. But right. I guess no one no one really no one yeah. really sane expected them to do anything. But I mean LeBron missing the playoffs is pretty fucking funny and the whole Magic Johnson stuff. So I'll always take an opportunity to shit on the Lakers. When it'll make me feel better, which it always does. So I think I think that team's been worse by a long way. We are far, far, far better than the Lakers, even though we couldn't beat them. Um, I felt like I I felt like this team, the the analog for this team was um, last year's Thunder. That was what it always. I think I said it on the pod. I hope I did because I want (laughs) to want to claim it. But I like last year's Thunder had this epic points differential. They did. They were like, oh, they kept losing close games or whatever. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Thunder will pull it together. The Thunder will pull it together. And, okay, they didn't have the benefit of first, of a first-round sweep. But, like, the, the the way they played against the Jazz last year is kind of the same to how we played against the Bucks. And I feel like the paths that those seasons have taken are pretty similar in terms of expectations being, you know, um, ultimately, like, never really realized, but being strung along with a, with enough hope you know, mm. uh, with just enough reason to hope that they might, that, you know, that they might be able to figure it out, that you, you, you sort of keep watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, what else can you say, right? Like, it's just, it's just brutal. I, having said that, Gash. game five, right, could be the last Celtics game of, of this season. And, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be working from home that day. I'm going to be wearing... All of my Celtics merchandise. I'm going to be playing my Spotify Celtics pregame hype playlist, which I'll share in the show notes for this episode. Like, if it is truly going to be the last Celtics game or the second last Celtics game, and we've got guys like Marcus Morris and Terry Rogier, guys who, I, I don't know, through um, waves of love and hate, like we've sort of come to I, I love in, in our own weird way. If that's going to be the last experience of whatever the hell this is, like, I'm, I'm leaning completely into it i i'm going to watch the hell out of this game i'm going to cheer like the crazy celtics fan that i am um and i good on you ben. right like we should we should all just do that right like we yeah won't see a celtics game for a long time probably so you know it relatively long time so yeah we need to be the fans that you know we need to be the type of fans that deserve a good team you know um and that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge the reality of what we see, but like I'm still gonna hope, you know. Like I'm still gonna, I, I, I'm gonna still take off my rational hat, and I'm still gonna hope that we can come back. Yeah, that's right. Sure. You got to yeah. do it. You got to do it. We we have the only game we've won this series has been in Milwaukee, and we're going back there. And <laughs> yeah, I know that doesn't mean because we also <laughs> we also got smoked by them in the other game and the last two on our own court, but. You, you, you never know. I'm telling you, build that wall. Maybe Kyrie shoots better than fucking twenty percent or some shit, and then it's three two coming back to Boston. Yeah, of course I'm not going to give up hope. Of course I'm going to watch it because, like we said, it could be the last chance to see a certain Jalen Brown or a certain Jason Tatum or a certain Marcus Smart or a certain Kyrie. Like, regardless what you feel about Kyrie Irving, like it has been a fucking wild ride with him aboard. So this is your last. This is the last show potentially. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to miss it at all. My expectations are well diminished, so it's going to be far less stressful. <laughs> I think anyway, yeah. you never know. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be all for it. I think we'll lose still, but I think it's going to be, it's not going to be like the last couple games. I don't think, I don't think it's hey, going to last couple games, but I think we'll lose we're still. Finally, we're finally playing with house money in the season. Yeah. Right? Like we're finally there. We're <laughs> There's literally no more chances, at least for the next four or whatever. Yeah, and look, Jackson, if if there is a game on Saturday, I'm coming up to Newcastle. It's probably going to be the last last game of... It's definitely, if we do somehow win this next game, we probably won't win the next one. It's the only chance I'll get to come up and watch a game with you. I'm doing it. Coming Sounds up. Get on I'm the going to have a bastard of a hangover that day, by the way. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I was I'll, gonna say, still, I'll still oh, wake up. On, I'll still let you in. Don't you worry. I'll I was going to say, I'm assuming you're on. free on this day without, without any sort of you prior check. You put me on the spot on recorded uh, <laughs> cast of this. But yes, agreed. No worries, man. I, uh, it's all right. It's all right. This has actually been a really good pod that no one's going to listen to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, our numbers go down immensely after yeah. Celtics losses, let alone ones of, of this fashion. Suck it up. Fashion, so. Give us a listen. Yeah. Feel better.
probably. <laughs> this is a really good one. Shout out to the listeners. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, my old man, Keith Ellis, who's, whose birthday it is today. I, I gave him a Happy call birthday, for his... Keith. Gave him a call for his birthday. Obviously, we were just, you know, chatting and he was like, how are the Celtics going? Because he, he listens to this podcast, even though he has no idea about the Celtics <laughs> you, at all. Thank you, um, Good on you, Keith. And I was like, oh, dad, like, it's not going well. We had a, we had a crippling loss today. Things, things aren't looking good. And he said, like, give, give my best to the Celtics fans out there. Give them a shout out in a time where they're, they're probably going to need it. You know, let them know I'm rooting for them. So at least my old man's rooting for you guys, Celtics fans out there. So um, happy no, birthday, so- Keith. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll bring a championship home for, for you who does not care about the Celtics at all um, next year. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Shout out to my housemate, Mitch, who claims he listens to this episode. I'm going to put this in there, see if he actually does listen to it and you know, acknowledge it. So there you go. John, you, man. Out to my, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my mate, uh, Josh Wong, um, who allegedly listens to some of the show. I'm your Joshie. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. so Wongy Cho, Wongy Cho, shout out to you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. We'll be back in a week or so to wrap up uh, what will very likely at that point be the end of the season for us. But you never know. Well, you kind of do, but you never really know. We'll see. Jackson, Joe, love your work as always. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, I say. I will. Thanks, Ben. You too, mate. You too, Joe. (sighs) Yeah, pretty much something. Into the breach we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.